Uh, hello, are we on the air yet? So, you want to chat all things Hellcrest? Find out what's the tea in D.C. Or who's up and coming in town? And what shows are hot and where? Entertainment, pop culture, and all things drag? Well, you've come to the right place. From the Church of Glam Studios, live from the world-famous Urban Moe's Bar and Grill. This is GGTV. Hey, girl. Hey, it's me, Gigi. Welcome to GGTV here at Urban Moe's. We are live on the dance floor, and I am joined by two of my favorite people. Yes. I've just met both of you relatively um, recently, mm-hmm. but you... New love, new love. New love. I, there's always room for more love mm-hmm. in our lives. I have um, the amazing, the incomparable... Oh, my... Bible Belt Baby, <laughs> Flamey Grant here sitting with me. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm a big fan. I binged all the episodes last week. I was like, oh, this is an amazing show. Yes. I can't believe I get to be on it. Sometimes we have things that are meaningful to say, for mm-hmm. sure. For and sure. the people can't see, but Amy, Flamey looks amazing. Oh, she does. Stop. She looks flaming. Just cinched and padded for, you know, <laughs> the, the radio here. <laughs> And of course, we have our word wizard, the one and only Khalil Blue. Hey, 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 uh, how you doing? And we wanted to start today off as everyone should start their day, honestly. Affirmations are, are really important, and not everybody be- believes in the power of the affirmation. I, for one, am addicted to affirmations. Mm. I need them quite often in my life. We would like to start this podcast off with uh, some words of, some affirmational words from Khalil. Mm-hmm. Hit it. All right, guys. So today, the word of the day is light. Today, I invite you to notice and celebrate your light. See, when the sunlight first cracked this morning, two things were true. One, that extra hour didn't feel extra enough. And two, today, you've got light work to do. Somebody needs you to shine today, needs you to keep winning, keep growing. Give yourself permission to shine unapologetically. And watch how quickly someone else will be motivated to shine because of you. It's Sunday, baby. Go ahead and give them the full glam. Amen. (laughs) It is so true. I woke up at uh, 6 a.m. and then realized it was only 5 a.m. True. (laughs) But still did not have enough time. Time is so fleeting. How I I thought it was just me that's early and late at the same time. (laughs) I don't don't know how that happened. And, And I love how you touched on the subject of shining your own light. Yes. It's, it's so important. It's important. I think there's a lot going on that is like dampering people's ability to see that. And I think so many problems are so big right now that we forget that like we each have like that thing in us that is like powerful enough to like move and shed light in a little space of darkness for somebody else, even if just for ourselves. And it's important that we tap into that every day, more and more every day. And that's why we're here on Sunday at the Church of Glam. Sunday, baby. GGTV. It we're is. here to spread the love, yes. the light, raise the vibration of the, the glamour. Planet. I feel higher already. Oh, yes. So, uh, 
Flamey as our special guest today. I, I really wanted to bring you in because I think you have an important view and an important voice. Uh, give us a little background about you, like yeah. where you came from, mm. how the Bible has influenced you. Oh my goodness. Uh, well, yes, I am from the Bible Belt, yes. uh, born and raised in Western North Carolina in the Appalachians. <gasps> Some folks call it the Appalachians, but it's the Appalachians. I learned something today. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, and um, yeah, I, uh, I moved out here to San Diego about 16, 17 years ago. And uh, I actually moved here to start a church. I was part of a church plant team that came to San Diego because San Diego was apparently you know, ungodly and unholy, and we had to come down here. Full of sinners. (laughs) (laughs) A lot has happened in 16 years. My goodness, yes. (laughs) I certainly was not a drag queen back then. Um, And uh, yeah, I just, you know, I've been on my journey, like all of us. We're we're raised in what we're raised in, and that culture uh, is inherited in so many ways. And we have to do this process growing up of like sifting through, sorting through, figuring out what belongs to me, what is what is real and true for me, and what has been kind of layered on as we peel back those layers. So for me, it was, uh, it's called, a, it, the, the process nowadays is called deconstruction. Like that's the buzzword for mm-hmm. folks who grew up in really fundamental religious mm-hmm. spaces. We call it deconstruction and we're, we're taking apart those building blocks that built us up. For me, I didn't have that word several years ago when I really started my process. I just called it apostasy. It's like, I'm leaving my faith. I'm a, I'm a heathen. Um, and I actually started my own podcast called Heathen uh, <laughs> as, as a result of all that. But um, yeah, you know, I kind of, I did the full like walk away from my faith. And now I'm doing like the little incremental like, okay, there are pieces of this that are still really meaningful to me. My spirituality is still really meaningful to me. How do I practice my spirituality? Are there parts of what I grew up in that could still uh, you know, bring some health and wholeness and happiness to my life um, and to my drag? <laughs> and um, is that where the, the album came from? Was it birthed out of these experiences yes. and about the deconstruction? Yeah, very much so. So yeah, the album is called Bible Belt Baby. <laughs> It just came out uh, a month ago. Actually, we had the album release party yes, right here did. on this stage, and it was so much fun. Thank you so much for letting us. You do rocked that. it. She came in here with a full live band, <laughs> yes. and you let us have it. It was a fabulous experience. I mean, I would say we folked it, maybe. You but, folked um, it up. <laughs> yeah. Folk them up. Folk them up. Folk it up, baby. We. Uh, it's it's very much an Americana kind of gospely folky vibe to the record. The fact that you blended all of those together <laughs> is iconic. <laughs> and don't forget Roots. There's some Roots in there. Come on, um, and of course, there's always a touch of blues because you can't make American music without blues. And um, yeah, so I, I just, it, it, it's all of that experience for me really put into this record. I didn't, when I started doing drag, I had no inkling whatsoever that it would become such a, uh, that there would be such a huge spiritual component to what I do, which is kind of silly to not like anticipate that when you name yourself Flamey Grant, like (laughs) after one of the world's most famous like Christian artists, Um, you know, she was my diva growing up. We were only allowed to listen to religious music, whatever we could buy at our local Christian bookstore. So while all my peers were listening to, I don't know, Britney and Spice Girls, (laughs) I was listening to Amy. Oh, 
So and maybe she'll be listening to you one soon. One day, one day. Oh, <laughs> fingers crossed. We'll have to put a, a, a message out to her yes. people to get in contact with yeah. your people. Oh, I've been, yeah, I've, any chance I get, I've met people who are like, oh, I know Amy's manager, I know this, but and I'm like, okay, well, tell her about me. Send her my record. <laughs> so would you say that you, um, you are pretty well read when it comes to Bible verses? I would say that. I'm also hesitant to say that because I think a lot of people say that and don't actually know what they're talking about. Um, I think pretty much anybody who's quoting a Bible verse on the internet these days. They're scholars. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, I really did grow up in like the fundamentalist of fundamental spaces. Like there's a whole song on the record that's kind of about my experience watching women in my church. The song's called Esther, Ruth, and Rahab who are all, you know, characters in the Bible. And um, the women in my church weren't allowed to speak, and they had to cover their hair based on some obscure verse in Corinthians that talks about how a woman's hair should not compete with God's glory. So they wore head coverings, they don't speak. You know, they're allowed to teach the kids in Sunday school, or they're allowed to, like, set up the, the potluck meal and that kind of stuff, but they're not allowed to do anything meaningful when it comes to bringing education or a blessing or spiritual content to the congregation. Interesting. Yeah. So I spent my Sundays in a pew really bored (laughs) because church isn't always the most interesting thing in the world. And, uh, and I would read these stories, Queen Esther, who just came out of nowhere to become queen. Um, and like won a whole, it's like she won the first, like, like reality contest like it was it was a full contest with all these other women in the kingdom and she she was the one who was picked by Xerxes and um and she ended up saving her people the Jewish people and you know Rahab is a prostitute who who God saved when this whole city was destroyed she was the only person that God saved uh because she had faith uh and um, who was the other one? Oh, Ruth. Yeah, Ruth. <laughs> what oh, a doll. Ruth. We love Ruth. Oh, Ruth. But yeah, so I, I just, I wrote these songs about my experiences um, growing up in that space and just, like, again, coming back to that, what can I keep? What can I hold on to? What's still meaningful? So within the Bible, is there a, a favorite scripture or something that you, you hold dear to you that you still remind yourself with and mm. try to follow? You know, no. Um, <laughs> no, I've really... Uh, Favorite. I, I, I've kind of let the Bible go as far as being a personal guide for my personal spirituality. Um, I think it was used against me too many times. Mm. You know, and maybe there will come a day when I have, like, worked through my trauma and worked through all of that to the point where I feel like I can re-engage with it. But honestly, the last time I engaged with the Bible was probably... Well, it was. It was about... It was 2018. It's like, oh, that's Ooh. 14 years ago, mama. Um, wait, no, I can't count. That's like f- eight, nine, 20, 21, 22, like four years it's ago. It's not 2018. Four. I don't even know what I'm saying. It's no, 2012. Yeah. See what the Bible does to you? <laughs> it messes with you. <laughs> um, Khalil, you are a spiritual person. I am. You are. I am. Um, I, I don't know if you are a religious person. I'm not. <laughs> okay. Have you done any reading within the book? Well, I think, yeah, and I, I mean, in my experience as a, a black child, you're pretty much indoctrinated into the black church from birth. Mm. It's sort of mandatory that mm. you do um, that you do God before you do <laughs> anything else in life. Um, so I think I've had a, um, similar to I think what you're naming, I've had a, a mixed journey along um, with 
with God, with Christianity, with things that are Bible related. And I think that um, it's so funny whenever I find myself in conversations about the intersection between like queerness and spirituality, because so often um, the way that God is offered to us in tradition pushes queer people away from God, pushes them away from religion and sort of teaches us directly that we don't have any place in relationship with him as long as we are um, in in full, full realization of our identities and, and all the things that coincidentally, you know, God, if you believe in that, made us to be. Mm. And so I definitely had to um, step out of um, church houses that were telling me, come to the altar, um, but only half of you. <laughs> and um, But I also think that we, as queer people, like most things, we find... The, like we find unique things to attach spirituality to, um, and I think we find like religion in, in, in community and in, in art like drag and the things that um, we do that keeps us closer to what I think the the message that all the religious stories say that they're trying to tell, which is is, is love and, and belonging yeah. and community, and it's like we have to find our own pathways to that because sometimes um, the the Bible doesn't give any guide for queer people to exist safely in the world that it speaks about mm. and sometimes I feel weird about saying things like that because I'm not even necessarily sure that it's the text itself that speaks against who we are but rather folks that have their own ideas about who we are manipulate that text yes. to to make us feel that way mm -hmm. and sometimes it's so it's so hard to figure out where is truth in the text and where is truth in the practice and where do we find like the true meaning of whatever that spiritual calling we're all like seeking to fulfill in some way um, like to fill out who we are and what we're here to do and all of that existential shit that um, <laughs> that we go on a discovery about all of our life you know um, but it's like to find like the core tenets of religion are I think fundamental to the human experience mm -hmm, and having some sort of connection to a belief to a higher power to a sense of self and others is is something that we need to be to be well to be present to be human um, so to be denied that um, in any subset of spirituality or any practice that says these people get access to love and these people don't I think is a hard thing for me um, to connect with yeah. it's confusing because I feel the Bible is a about love so how is it also so judgy right yeah. you know like the only scripture that I know is really the golden rule mm -hmm. um, which uh, you know do unto others as you would want to be done unto yourself and right. I just feel like <clears throat> yeah. oh we have a little bit of Flamey's album in the background oh, is that come you on Flamey turn that up a little Come on, stream, baby. Let's get Please cool. stream Flamey Grant's new album, Please Bible Belt Baby. It. It's on Spotify. You can yeah. find it there, and, and we need to get this uh, this lady paid. So every, <laughs> every time you download it, it's like a penny yeah, in your it's, wallet. It's a fraction of a penny <laughs> per stream, but you know what? Those streams add up. They, they do. Yes. They do. If we can get those in the billions. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That, but that's, Khalil, what you were saying just resonates so much with me because I... I I feel like one of the things I really wanted to do with this record and with my drag in general is 
at least keep one foot in that in that space, right? One foot in that that the Christian world and the fundamentalist world I grew up in, because um, everything you said is true. That we grow up and we all have to do all this this work to deconstruct and to peel back and figure out for ourselves what is what is our spirituality about. And I just think that if we had a few more voices, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. kind of giving that message of no, you're not. You know, one of the core tenets I grew up with was you're bad, you're sinful, you right. need to be saved, otherwise you're worthless. And I, I, that's the thing I want to fight against the most is you, you did not come into this world sinful. You did not come into this world bad, baby. Right. You are good. You are worthy. Right. You are already holy. And I feel like if we can grow up with that as our foundation then we, we, we have such a better chance of not having to be like me and, and go through you know 15 years of deconstruction and woe and desperation and crying out to God and, and am I worth anything? Mm-hmm. No, we come into the world knowing that we're already loved and we're already worthy. Yeah. And then from there, like that's, that's the starting point for how we change the world is when we can stand in our own dignity. Absolutely. I remember being a child and every time, well not a child, but teenager into my 20s, early on in my sexual life um, you know just every time I would have an experience with another guy I would then pray oh yeah please please don't send me to hell I'll never do this again and it was such a vicious circle like and that happened for years until I was just like well, yep. fuck it I, I, you know I'm a songwriter so I was writing songs at like age 9 and 10 and, and um, you know half of my songs when I was in my teenage were just like oops, I messed up, God, please forgive me songs. And I remember one time my mom read one of them and she was like, what did you do? Yes, we're painting on the beat, baby. <laughs> oh, it is at that time. We have to give shouts out to our sponsors. We have so many amazing sponsors that believe in the cause and the calling of GGTV and the Church of Glam. Let's play a little something. Live from the Church of Glam studios in the epicenter of Hillcrest, San Diego, this is GGTV. Sponsored by Absolute, Cornitos, Queen Yasmin Injury Law, 180 Degree Fitness, Cheeky Vimto, Pleasures and Treasurer, Leather Love, Interbalance Chiropractic, Shakespeare's Corner Shop and Afternoon Tea, and the American HIV Foundation. Now, let's get to it. Glitz Glam. Work it, mama. Want to join us live? Want to meet our cast and special guests? Have your say on this very podcast? Then come join our live studio audience. Sundays from 12 noon. Live from the world-famous Urban Moe's Bar and Grill. We can't wait to meet you. We're back. Oh, thank you, sponsors. We couldn't do this without you. Love our sponsors. We do. I have to go see uh, Dr. Tim uh, tomorrow, actually. He's one of our sponsors. It's uh, Inner Balance Chiropractic. Oh, yes. Oh, he gives me such good crack. (laughs) (laughs) If you have any We all need a good supplier. Girl, if you have some issues with your back, if you've got a kink, um, give them a call down there. Dr. Tim will take good care of you. Tell them that Gigi sent you. They have a fabulous little package um, that they'll get you your x-rays in, see what's going on back there, and give you a free adjustment right mm. off the bat. So give them a call. 
So we're back here. We're talking with Flavie Grant about her album, Bible Belt Baby. We're also here with my word wizard, Khalil. And we were just kind of going over, um, well, the scripture and <laughs> what we believe in, what we don't. I want to say really quickly, like, Mark of a True Artist, earlier when you were describing your music, like, hearing it, I hear every single element of it. It's fantastic. Aww. Like, get the album, listen Thank to you. it. Thank you. It's amazing. And have you been singing all your life? I mean, were you in the choir? I have. I started in church, baby. You know, um, my mom sang, uh, my dad sang, so it was just kind of expected. And and my, my papa, my grandfather, we call him papa and mama, um, back in North Carolina, uh, he was just the pillar of our community, right? Like, he was the the one who led the music every week. Um, so he started pulling me on stage real young ages. So I got over a lot of my stage fright very early <laughs> in church. But yeah, I, I sang my whole life. And like I said, started writing songs around nine, I think, and had just never stopped. I, I do love that about, well, that's one aspect of church that I, I am drawn to mm-hmm. is, is the music. It's- and. Growing up, we didn't really... uh, My grandmother on my father's side would bring us to church on Easter Mm -hmm. and Christmas. It was very limited. Yeah, we called them cheesters. Christmas and Easter's, yeah. (laughs) But it's interesting when you mentioned earlier a black church. Mm -hmm. There is a difference. Oh, yes. It is. I I say a black church emphatically because it is a thing. It is a a different experience. I had a friend once, you know, he's like, you know, come to church with me. And I was like, you know, I did it as a child. It wasn't my thing. Um, But he had brought me to a black church and we were probably there was three white people uh-huh. me my and my two friends it's so welcoming but the music mm-hmm. yeah the singing yeah. the the interaction the dancing it was such a different experience absolutely than going to my church and i think that for me that was the takeaway like getting understanding um, music and art as mm. a function for connecting yes. and, and as a, a, a channel for that spirituality. It was like, uh, aha, this is what, what music can do. This is what storytelling can do. This is what what that is. Yeah. And yeah, if it weren't for a choir, I probably wouldn't know God at all. Mm. So it's really, it's it, it, the music is, I think, the driving force behind the message um, in, in our space. And I think, I think across religions, um, the, the art that we attach to the storytelling is sort of the thing um, that 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 leaves people with mess, you know. Hallelujah, yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, music is such a powerful thing in our bodies, right? We yeah. feel it's we don't just hear it; we actually feel it, like sound sound waves. Like that's an actual force that we can feel in our body. And I think for me, and I, I know a lot of other people I've talked with who grew up in church and felt like that was where you had spiritual experiences. You know, going to our first concert or, or just a concert one day and having having a spiritual experience from the music outside of church was a little bit mind blowing. Yes. We were like, oh my gosh, like it's not, I, I think I experienced God in this quote unquote secular space. Right. Like, and that's a, that's a big moment, I think, for folks who, when you're taught that no, God is only in these walls or through the stained glass or whatever. So, yeah, music, powerful. Yes. Well, we hope that your music reaches the ears of people who are maybe questioning whether or not they belong. Hopefully they see you and and your your drag persona and think, hey, it's it's not so bad to be me. There yeah. is space for me. Yeah. That's yeah, no, I, I, I think it is a really powerful thing in the way in which you are, um, and maybe not to put words on it, but in my experience, sort of reclaiming what it means to have religious practice um, yeah. through sharing your art and through practicing um, 
that religion the way that you do it. And I think um, having the opportunity or a space for queer community members to be reinvited into spirituality yes. is so key. Um, and it's really a really great gift that you're offering folks. And thank you for that. Oh my gosh, thank you. I I would highly urge anybody, especially if you have what we call religious trauma, like to just <laughs> let yourself experience T- types of spiritual practice that you didn't have growing up, right? So that's kind of what I did with my podcast for over five years. We would just talk to people, people who left like ex-Mormons, uh, people who practice Buddhism, like all, all kinds of folks, and ask them, what if, what works for you? What, spiritual, what are your spiritual practices? And some, for some folks, it's a lot of the same things we grew up with in church, but other folks were like, no, like go on, go with me on this past life regression. I did that one day and I had a like a full like mind-blowing experience um we talked about aliens you know like there's just like all kinds of ways to practice spirituality and i think that opening yourself up to that then lets you pick and choose the things that work for you and if it doesn't work chuck it but you, if it does you are your own church you yeah. are your own religion each you person is church. unique I love that. you really are i love I mean, that our bodies are our temples mm-hmm. And we, we should worship them justly, you know? Yeah. So where do you see Flamey Grant five years from now? Well, uh, hopefully opening for Amy Grant on tour. Period. Uh, <laughs> Hello. We're putting it out there, universe. Right here first. That's right. We are. We are putting it out there. You know, she's, uh, she, I, I really, truly do adore her as an artist and, a, and just as a human. Um, in the past couple of years, she she's become really vocal about being open and affirming and welcoming. She's had gay fans forever. I mean, oh, yeah. any female singing has gay fans, right? Uh, whether they're in the church or not. And she's been really, especially these past few years, I think, taking taking a like turned a corner around the support of her gay fans. And um, she talks about wanting to set a welcome table for everybody. And I'm just over here raising my hand, Amy. <laughs> I, I'll be at your table. <laughs> I love it. It does feel like there are some sections or areas where where the church presence is starting to be more feel more welcoming Mm -hmm. to our community. Um, You know, we we just unfortunately lost Leslie Gordon. Um, Jordan, I said Gordon. (laughs) Jordan. Um, and he was just working on a gospel yes. album with Dolly Parton, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he, he put one out a couple years ago, and I think there was a new one in the works. Yeah. And, um, and I, oh, if, if, especially if you come from the South, I highly encourage y'all to go listen to that record. It is just to hear those songs that, that maybe felt like they oppressed us growing up, but sung in Leslie's voice and with <laughs> Dolly and with Brandy Carla, like amazing guests on that record. It is a healing experience. Oh, um, shout out to so check We, we it lost out. that man too soon. Oh, oh, yeah. Tragic. Okay, well, we're getting to the end of our first part of our three segment super special GGTV Ooh. podcast today. Come on, super special? Super special. Um, coming up in just a few moments, we have Chad Michaels joining me as well as Joseph Rocha. Yes. So we can look at um, the amendments on the books, mm-hmm. the propositions that are coming up, and the people that need to support, that we need to support, that support our community. With that being said, I just wanted to have Khalil share a few words to lead us out. 
you know, we talked a little bit today about um, the importance of connection of spirituality. And I think with everything that we've been going through in the world in the last couple of years, um, you know, when hell breaks loose, people pray. You know? um, and I think that it's important to understand that, that religion itself has the power to shape us. It shapes the human experience. It shapes culture. And in truth, religion becomes anything that we set practice to. So I think in the words of Gigi, you are your own church. So choose the culture that you want to cultivate and set practice to that. Try love for a change. <laughs> it's glamorous. It's, it's a vibe. It's a vibe. <laughs> it's a vibe. Love is the vibe. Thank you so much, Flamey, for joining us Thank today. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm so glad I got to be here. And Khalil, so good to have you back. Word up. And I look forward to a little later on today, we have Flamey performing live. We're getting a show. As well Wait. as Khalil. And of course, please get out there and buy Bible Belt Baby yes. by Flamey Grant. And let's get this girl to open for Amy Grant. It's going <laughs> to happen. It's going to happen. And when you do, you have to come back on the GGT. Oh, that's house. right. Mama, I'm here. And tell us all the tea. The very next week. Okay. All right, we're going to take a short little break and we'll be right back with Chad Michaels and Joseph Rocha. Live from the Church of Glam Studios in the epicenter of Hillcrest, San Diego, this is GGTV. Sponsored by Absolute, Cornitos, Queen Yasmin Injury Law, 180 Degree Fitness, Cheeky Vimto, Pleasures and Treasurers, Leather Love, Interbalance Chiropractic, Shakespeare's Corner Shop and Afternoon Tea, and the American HIV Foundation. Now, let's get to it. Glitz Glam. Work it, Mama. Want to join us live? Want to meet our cast and special guests? Have your say on this very podcast. Then come join our live studio audience. Sundays from 12 noon, live from the world-famous Urban Moe's Bar & Grill. We can't wait to meet you. Today, live in studio from the main stage at the world-famous Urban Moe's Bar & Grill. GGTV. He's here live. Joseph Rocha. A veteran with a lifelong dedication to service. He's running for state senate to bring opportunity back to San Diego and strengthen California's middle class. The man who believes every person should have an equal opportunity to succeed. So it's our honor to welcome him live. Glitz Glam, Chad Michaels, take it away. Joseph Rocha, live. We are back, and we are here with my legendary sister, Chad Michael. Hello, Glitz Glam. <laughs> and our Senate hopeful, our next senator like for that. District 50, Joseph Rocha in the house. <gasps> four, four? Four zero. District 40. District 40. Oh, it's because I'm approaching 50, so that's <laughs> stuck in my head. <laughs> District 40. Thank you so much for joining us here today. I, I thought it was really important to, to bring you in and to have this discussion and to kind of go over the amendments that we're looking at, what we're voting for. We have a really important midterm election here coming up and uh, our lives are literally on the line here. So um, with that being said, we have a little, a little agenda kind of uh, drawn up here. I of course have Chad with me because Chad has got her finger on 
on the pulse of politics today. I guess I you feel. could say that. I'm just, I'm just ready for Tuesday, and I'm ready for us to uh, win and uh, that blue tsunami, everybody. I mean, I was looking at some statistics, and voter registration is up. That is hopeful yep. um, within the Democratic Party, especially, um, and uh, we have a chance. So, uh, Joseph, tell us a little bit about you, your story, leading up to where you're at. Why, why do you want to be here? Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, so I'm California born and raised. My grandparents are Mexican immigrants who worked the fields and factories of Woodland and Davis. So that's only a few miles away from the capital I now aim to serve in. And you'll see that sort of uh, dedication, commitment, uh, an attempt to honor those sacrifices um, and to make sure that the American dream is still alive for everybody in my platform and in my candidacy, right? So, yeah, I mean, uh, I'll cut it there. Well, it is crunch time right now. It's coming up Tuesday. Joseph, how are you feeling today? How, what, where's your state of mind? Where's your heart? How are you feeling? You've been through a lot. Yeah. I mean, look, my heart is with the voters. I mean, this has just become so personal and has become so much bigger than myself. A voter just two nights ago, we knocked on her door. Um, first, she expressed anger because she said that, you know, am I the person who was running for office? Am I the person on the flyer? And when I confirmed yes, she then became emotional and she said, look, nobody has ever knocked my door. I have never met a candidate. And I was just telling my mother that nobody cares about us. And that's the level of emotion and excitement and energy on this campaign um, where people realize that there's a real chance to do so much good with such a powerful seat. And what you're doing is so important. I've been following you, you know, on all social media platforms. You are going out there. You are canvassing. You are attending every event. You are talking to people. And that's really, I think that's the way that you win this, Joseph. I'm, I'm watching Beto in Texas. I mean, he's gone to cities that no candidate has ever visited in Texas and they are listening, they are responding and I think that what you're doing is so important Joseph. Yeah, when we started out I knew I knew that I was doing it out of the same as was mentioned, the same commitment to service um, dedication to my country uh, love of our core values, uh, but I also knew that I was going to be outspent. I knew that I was going against the power structures but I knew that the only thing that could work in my favor is if I gave my heart to the voter. If I gave my heart to the voter and they sense that authenticity, that genuineness, that that could overcome any amounts of money that came our way. And sure enough, we've seen big oil money, we've seen big soda money, which I didn't even know was a thing, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, big pharma money going to protect this incumbent, which really should make you question, why do they want him in office so bad, right? Who is he actually serving? Um, and yet here we are, we've built it up to be one of the most competitive races in the state of California, and we have a darn good chance of succeeding on Tuesday. Well, you've shown so much integrity. Um, we're all seeing the ads on TV. They're a mess. <laughs> um, but you, I've seen your, and obviously you, you, you're well-funded because I'm, I'm loving, anyway, <sighs> your commercial is great, shows so much integrity, and I've only seen one negative ad against you, and it's just, you know, ridiculous. Say no to Joe, whatever. I mean, stupid. It's, sometimes these things get so juvenile these ads that they're running and like I said you've shown so much integrity and, and we're loving it well juvenile is correct right because yeah. they so I'm a nightmare for them uh -huh. because they can't use the old Republican playbook on me they nope. can't say that I'm gonna raise any cost because I, I had such a difficult childhood they can't say that I'm gonna increase crime because I'm a former Marine Corps officer who also served as a prosecutor most recently I got so 
uh, <laughs> I just was so sick of his lies. It was at a forum, and I said, Senator, I have secured more just convictions than you've passed meaningful pieces of legislation in your entire career. So, if you, you know, if you want to lowball, if you want to, if you want to go low, um, then I'm going to hold you to task. I'm going to hold you to your record, and I'm quick on my feet. I'm a trial attorney, so it has been, it's been really incredible. They don't like being faced with the truth at all. <laughs> they really don't. I, I don't want to get off Glitz's topic, but I want to. I, we all know that you're a veteran, so that holds a very special place in your heart. Um, if you succeed on Tuesday, what are your plans to help the veterans here in San Diego? Right. So in my heart and in my platform, right? It's at the core of my platform. Um, you know, first and foremost at the very top is California is one of the last states that still taxes military pensions. We have absolutely no right to be doing that. Um, I think it could definitely encourage a lot of uh, incredibly high quality veterans to stay in our state, to put down roots, to be parts of our communities and not leave our state. So that's incredibly important to me. I want to see California, much like other states like Texas, also pay for uh, free tuition for our veterans. Now, we all get a GI Bill, but when a state gives free tuition like Texas does, what it allows the service member to do is to pass on that GI Bill, that full scholarship, to either a spouse or to their children. So that's immediately building multiple generations of education. It also frees the service member up to maybe open a small business, uh, buy their first home, or put down roots. Again, we want to keep that talent. We want to keep those service members and veterans in our communities. I want to close gaps in healthcare coverage. A lot of people don't know that you have to be 100% disabled to have access to dental uh, or eye. Um, and I, I mean, frankly, you really could jump on a grenade and somehow end up without 100% service-connected disability. So those two things are such emotional challenges if, we, if your teeth give out, if your eyes give out. So, you know, that in and of itself could be one small way to mitigate service members from finding their way to drugs, addiction, and then ultimately homelessness, right? So. And then, of course, just generally speaking, a lot of people ask, you know, what are we doing for our veterans? I always push back and say, what are we doing for our families while they're on active duty in the state of California? So we know that there's a massive food insecurity issue within our junior enlisted ranks because the spouses can't often hold down a job because their accreditations don't uh, transfer state to state or because they have those gaps in their resumes. So prioritizing spousal hiring is one way that we could minimize the food insecurity and also long-term reduce the amount of veterans we see homeless in the future. You really got to unlock and I just, I, I don't understand any bureaucratic process that holds up any sort of health care, education, any sort of benefits for veterans because they deserve 100% support on all fronts and those who vote against it should be absolutely ashamed of themselves. Well, that's what we're talking about. Like when it comes to funding, it, there, less than 1% of America serves in the armed forces. So don't tell me we don't have money, especially when we were the fifth largest economy in the world, not the country, but the world, but we actually just surpassed Germany. We're the fourth largest economy in the world. So there's no excuse for it. Well, you know, and, and, and homelessness just in general here in San Diego is, is, is a hot topic. I mean, me personally, within the past two months, I've known of five people who are now living in their cars because they can't afford to even find an apartment. This is people that have three jobs and they're, they're not making the three times the amount of rent required in, in a month and so forth. How are we gonna tackle this tsunami 
on top of that, there's just limited room. Like, you can't even find a place to rent. Right, well, you baked the answers into the question there. The first thing I think we have to do is ask ourselves, who are our in-house brothers and sisters, right? Um, people like to sort of just assume or perpetuate the idea that they're addicts. Some of them are, but the reality is that they're also single parents, they're senior citizens, they're women. Um, so for example, my opponent is bragging, he's just so proud of himself to introduce basically homeless sweeps, right? Something that was introduced in Los Angeles. What we learned there is that by saying that homeless people aren't allowed around sensitive areas, in LA in particular, that meant that 20% of the city was off limits. So that means you're pushing women, seniors, children into alleys, dark places, and unsafe spaces, right? So um, pushing the problem away or is just not, is not the solution, right? You know, Pete Buttigieg said something recently that I just was jaw or starstruck or jaw dropped or whatever. Uh, he basically said that, you know, there are people who raise issues because they want to solve them and there are people that raise issues because they're beneficial to them. Um, and so when it comes to homelessness, we have to prioritize housing, right? One of the things that has led to the success of my campaign is that I've really campaigned on that Marine Corps mindset. I'm in it for the right reasons. I'm in it to get things done and people trust Marines to get things done. So, you know, we have to cut the red tape and the bureaucracy in Sacramento, make sure that our state is producing the housing that we need. Um, and I think that's, that's, that's number one. Now, separate from that, of course, there's needs to be long-term investments that sort of release the pressure around homelessness. So, especially in elections, I think that the voter is so frustrated and this issue is so in their face that they are tempted to want a simple solution. And I think that people that don't actually care about service are quick to give them one. But the reality is that one, I'll never promise something that I can't deliver on. And two is I'm never gonna give you an easy solution to a difficult problem. So the reality is that this homelessness issue also means that we need to be focusing and investing in mental health care services, health care services, um, education, um, uh, you know, making sure that people can get by on one job. When it comes to, um, I'll, I'll come back. I'm, I'm trailing. I could go down this forever. I, I, we, there, yeah. We're absorbing all the information. <laughs> it's all good. Um, we, uh, Biden just did a visit to SD um, to support uh, Mike Eleven uh, with Todd Gloria and Governor Newsom in attendance. Uh, do you think it helped? Look, I hope it helped. I saw the crowds; they were big. I, you know, I was invited, and and I wanted to stay on my campaign trail, right? Um, you know, I have a, a race to run and a race that I, I need to win. A lot of people are counting on me for, um, but I think that the size of the crowds were encouraging. I think that Mike Levin is certainly a congressman who deserves all the support possible to stay in office because he, in particular, has done so much for our veteran community. And um, so, you know, he, look, I'll tell you, as somebody who took on a race in an area that can be a little dangerous, that can be a little threatening, um, it's very difficult. And he has a family and he has children. He did that. He won uh, in Orange County. And we, we need to keep him in office. Yeah, it was a big week, I think, for Sandy. I think it says a lot that, that uh, Newsom showed up to greet uh, Biden at uh, the military base when he landed. Well, yeah, and to, to, to that point, too, Chad, is I want to make sure that we highlight that it was Miramar Air Station, yes. which is in my district, and I couldn't be more proud of the Marines that, that made that go off so effortlessly. It's amazing. Um, for me, it's pretty personal. I'm in District 49. 
Um, so Levin's running against Marriott, who is an election denier. Um, and I, we certainly don't need any MAGA in North County taking over. So this is big for me. Um, I'm glad that it was all hands on deck this week. Biden actually did Miracosta College, then he did another uh, speaking engagement in Carlsbad the following morning. So I think it's just great that they're getting out and showing support for Mike. And um, it, the way they've redrawn the district all the way up to South Laguna, I mean, it's hairier now. Thank God they didn't draw it up into freaking Huntington Beach, you know what I mean, which is a MAGA hive. Um, things are a little bit more, it's a little bit more touchy. I'm just, you know. Yeah, and that's the important thing to remember is that Democrats have a plan, right? Democrats are, are fighting to solve problems. Um, President Biden came to talk about the toxic burn pit legislation that provides um, cancer healthcare treatment to service members who are exposed to toxins that many Republicans voted against. He came to talk about the CHIPS Act that makes sure that, we're, that we are producing more in America um, and that we're not reliant on foreign powers on things as simple as, you know, as important as your cell phone, your airplane, or our military equipment, um, and the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, right? So, you know, it's, it's again, it's just it's so easy to point at a problem than it is to solve it. And I think that's the quandary that we get in in Democrats all the time is that we are kind of the nerd, but we're the nerd because we're literally trying to hold the fabric of our country together versus just throw it all, you know, just burn it all down. Uh -huh. Well, I mean, the MAGA rights got no other agenda than to, you know, impeach Biden in the next two years if they win. So, I mean, they don't have any plan put forward to deal with inflation. They're, you know, they just want, pretty much want revenge. So that's why this vote is so important on Tuesday for everybody involved. Right, and, and that's, you know, that it reminds me of what I've heard over and over again of like cruelty is the point so many times with, with these, these pieces yeah. of legislation. It seems like violence is, is big right now with the recent attack on uh, Pelosi's husband, Paul, who is uh, still in the hospital. Uh, it's, it, do they have? They don't have anything else to go on other than just attacking people, bullying people, uh, physically. Um, we have a, a piece uh, from Biden who just spoke recently. Want to go ahead and play that? Just a few days ago, a little before 2:30 a.m. in the morning, a man smashed the back windows and broke into the home of the Speaker of the House of Representatives, the third highest-ranking official in America. He carried in his backpack zip ties duct tape, rope, and a hammer. As he told the police, he had come looking for Nancy Pelosi to take her hostage, to interrogate her, to threaten to break her kneecaps. But she wasn't there. Her husband, my friend Paul Pelosi, was home alone. The assailant tried to take Paul hostage. He woke him up and wanted to tie him up. The assailant ended up using a hammer to smash Paul's skull. Thankfully, by the grace of God, Paul survived. It just makes me sick. That, that's all I can think this of. I literally have goosebumps on the back of my neck, and I can't imagine what it must be like in your district and where you are, you know, what you must be dealing with yourself. 
I think, again, it, it just goes to why our campaign has been so successful is that we're just talking common sense. Like, I don't care if you're a Democrat, a Republican, an independent, a libertarian, whatever you are, to the point of the president, the there was an attempt on the life of the third person in line to the presidency, right? So every American should care about that and be equally furious. And... Um, and, and, and they have every opportunity. I don't know how they squander these opportunities um, to, to really just stand up for what's right. You know, it just reminds me of January 6th. Um, you know, Daryl Issa, my congressman in my area, um, he told me to my face that the insurrection was Nancy Pelosi's insurrection is what he called it, right? He is an election denier. He voted against certification of the election. He sued the state of California um, for their votes. And yet on the day of, he had the nerve to say that he sent his condolences to, mind you, Paul Pelosi. So what does that say? It says two things. One, obviously incredibly hypocritical. Two, it's misogynistic, right? It's, it's a man saying, I... I'm sorry that you, man, got hurt, never mind the fact that you're the spouse of the third person in line to the presidency, right? Or that it's an attack on our country, or that you are one of the people that have been stirring all of this hate and violence for so long. It was a domestic terrorist attack. That's it should be called what it was. And um, this just seems like it's more of the same. This is just filtering down from J6 with, the, with all of the conspiracy theories, 45 has fed it the whole way along and it's just a sickness that just keeps trickling down and um, I don't know where it ends Joseph I don't know how this gets fixed aside from you know our majority vote I don't know yeah I mean you know one of the reasons why I've admired you and you are such an important part of my story is I I first knew of you when I had been kicked out of my home when I was 17, and then I first knew you when I was serving under Don't Ask, Don't Tell, uh, coming home from the Middle East. And, um, and it's because during difficult, violent, unsafe, uh, unwelcome times, you all in your community have chosen to outwardly appear with the rest of us, sometimes can choose to hide. And you do it in defiance, and you do it as protest. Um, and that's something that I have just always been tremendously uh, it, admiring of and I think that's exactly what we have to do now is that democracy is something that we have to fight for every single day the moment we let our foot off the gas is the moment that they take control and they'll never give it back right uh, democracies do not come back so as exhausting as it is that yes we're always in election cycle now well that's the cost of democracy well, women and the gay community are going to take the fucking wheel Absolutely. People of color. Absolutely. That's right. We have a few words. He's running for Senate. Make sure you vote. Voting is what? Fundamental. Joseph Rocha Live. Chad Michaels. Blitz Glam. And Joseph Rocha. Talk politics live. We're back. <laughs> we're here with Joseph Rocha and Chad Michaels, and we're kind of just going through what's on the table coming up this Tuesday with this very important midterm election. Voting is so important. Please, please, please make sure you're registered. Uh, we are working with the uh, LGBTQ Center um, here in San Diego, and you can go down there anytime you want and register to vote, and you can also vote at the center as well. So please, please, please get involved. It is time. Uh, with that, Joseph, uh, 
What is your opinion right now on the Ukraine and U.S. funding of the war? Um, and, and to preface this, I know that Sarah Jacobs and, um, and some Democrats were in favor of negotiating, keeping the door open for negotiations with Russia over Ukraine. I know that that has since been redacted. They took that back. Um, yeah, we want to know your, your stance on Ukraine and, and funding. And I, I mean, I know you being a veteran, probably sitting by and watching this happen is probably torture for you because we've watched one country enter another sovereign country and basically commit genocide. And here you sit, an American veteran. What is your opinion? Yeah, well, the you know the next step to that too, and what we were all continue to be concerned about is the possibility of that reaching any further. Because I mean, it's Putin's not going to stop with Ukraine, right? That's so obvious. Um, and then so the last thing we want to do is find ourselves in a in a third world war. Um, I think that we need to. That needs to be important to us as a democracy and uh, you know, defend other democracies. It also has to be important to us because who is going to go serve if we do end up in a third world war, right? It's right. gonna be our predominantly people of color, it's gonna be our predominantly uh, lower income individuals in this country who go off to fight the wars. Um, you know, and so uh, I think that obviously this is very outside of my purview of the, the race that I'm running, sure. um, but as a veteran, I want that we do things as thoughtfully as possible. I think the president has um, has shown a lot of competence and care. You know, he has sons uh, who were in the service. Uh, he lost a son uh, who was in the service um, to cancer. Um, and as far as I think, I think a unified approach is very important, right? So, like when I did "Don't Ask, Don't Tell" repeal. There was a schism and there was a lot of pressure on me as a younger person to go against President Obama because he wasn't working fast enough. And we all wanted the same thing. We wanted the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Um, but I chose not to do that because I knew that the president was, he was doing the best he could, that he had our back and that he was trying to do it in the most effective way. And like I said earlier, sometimes the most effective way is not the quickest and it's not the most satisfying, but it's the most long lasting, right? If President Obama had repealed Don't Ask, Don't Tell through an executive order, no one dreamed that Trump was the next president and he could have just erased it. Mm -hmm. But instead we had a federal court challenge that that gave precedent for it being unconstitutional and a repeal through the entire uh, through the entire Congress. Some other propositions that are on the table right now. Um, one of which is most important, I feel, is this attack on the woman's right, um, her reproductive freedoms, and it, it's just a beginning. Uh, our community is next, and, and this is something that's su super important. Uh, you know, what are we going to do moving forward? Who, who is out there to support us, to help us with this? I think I want to start with why we should care, right? I mean, we have to care anytime freedoms are being taken away from any member of our community, right? Because it never stops there. We know, we personally know that feeling, right, of having our freedoms taken away. Um, so we have to be good allies in this. This idea that it doesn't affect us, whatever the it is, is something that, you know, we have too much history as a community to accept any longer. Um, and, you know, of course this is coming from the party of small government, right, who wants to control women's choices, um, and that's outrageous. And, um, 
so yeah, it's just, it's super maddening. Um, it's, it's unacceptable, and I think we all as a community need to fight back whether we think that this affects us or not. Uh, we saw in that decision, in the Dobbs decision, that Clarence Thomas went down. He, this is the thing, is like, I feel like before we used to have to sit around feeling like crazy people and say they're gonna do this, they're gonna do that. And then suddenly we're in this space where they're like, no, no, we will do that. And in fact, we'll do it even worse. And I just am you know, scratching my eyes out, hoping that people are listening, watching and caring. Because in that decision, they went down and they said, well, hey, you know what? Maybe we should revisit interracial marriage and maybe we should revisit gay marriage. That'll maybe work out should... really great for Clarence Thomas. <laughs> maybe we should revisit uh, consensual gay sex, right? Because they mentioned Lawrence v. Texas. Privacy. And yeah. they went all the way to, um, you know, whether or not um, children have access, a constitutional right to education regardless of immigration status. So... It's, uh, it is a slippery slope. They are showing their cards. They are telling us who they are, and we need to take them seriously. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't even understand how we even got to this point. It feels like we're totally moving backwards just as a society. It's, it, it blows my mind every day. I don't understand it. I don't understand what, I don't understand what was promised to these MAGA Republicans who have done this full 360 since 2016, every one of them was out there, you know, talking Trump down, saying everything bad. And now all the same people are just nose deep in his ass. What were they promised? What are they getting? What? These Russian loving Putin apologies, they, they fancy themselves like what? Are they going to be like American oligarchs when this is all said and done? Like, And that's <laughs> the thing, Chad, is that, uh, you know, during the beginning of my campaign, two things. One is a lot of people, sadly, some people within our own community were like, who cares that you're gay? Gay is not a platform. Don't ask, don't tell, it's over. And not a year later, we saw that gays were under attack from the Supreme Court already again, right? Mm -hmm. So we can't take our eyes off things. Um, and then also at the beginning of this cycle, there was a lot of, it was just like a very popular talking point to say, Democrats are very bad at messaging. Why are Democrats so bad at messaging? Honey, we don't lie and we don't fear monger. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm very proud of that. And that's why I'm a Democrat. So it's not that we're bad at messaging. It's just that we don't manipulate every single crisis to take power. It's called integrity. <laughs> um, also, one of the other props on the table, which has gotten me a little... Uh, nervous or concerned is um, Prop 26, 27, online gambling, um, and, and, and how that is going to affect our, our local tribes uh, here in town, uh, and just people in general. People lose their entire lives <laughs> when they go to Vegas. It's, there's a lot of sadness there and loss, and now we're going to try to make it legal on your phone to just sit at your home and, and lose, <laughs> gamble your life away. What, what is your stance on this? Like... Look, so I think 26 is pretty, I think that's the easier one, right? It's very transparent that there's a massive millions of dollars coming from out-of-state actors who want to manipulate the situation. And I think that it goes at direct odds with the promises that we've made the native people. Um, so I think we have to, pre we, we absolutely have a, a, um, a we're required. Obligation. There it is. There it is. An obligation, <laughs> yes, to keep our promises. Um, and you know, it's it's one of the few things that that we um, that that we 
pay them back for, I, I suppose. I don't know how best to say that. I mean, we did take um, their land to begin with. Right. So, <laughs> so you know, we have to protect that. And, and I think with 26, it's very easy because it's so clear that all of those millions of dollars are coming from out of state. People who want to make their own profit off of this and trying to make it a tribal issue when it's not. It's only a tribal issue in the fact that it is going against what we promised them. So, um, so I'm a hard no on 26. Uh, 27, I'm staying out of just because there's tribes on both sides. Uh, so that's very, uh, that's a much more complicated issue, um, and one that I, I I would like to see move through the legislature rather than the propositions. Right. Thank you for that. Thank you. And last but not least, with Proposition 28, uh, in in reference to arts, music, and education, which is so important to bring to our children to to help them develop a well-rounded personality, or if you will. <laughs> Um, what are your thoughts on bringing on the proposition? Uh, so I think I mixed up 26 and 27, by the way. But okay. I stand by everything I said except for the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so on the... Uh, look, I grew up I grew up very poor. My mom was an addict. Um, she lost me at seven. I went to an abusive household after that. Um, I relied... I basically did everything I could to stay at school, right? I went to school early. I stayed at school late. And it was because of after school and before school programs that allowed me to do that, have a safe space, um, and, 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 and led to where I am today. So uh, I'm very supportive of making sure that children, especially coming out of the pandemic, have access to, um, to, to the arts and to music um, that I think you know, are so fundamental to creativity, uh, yeah, discovering who you are, um, and having a, a very healthy form of expression. And, um, you know, I also think that it should be educators who make decisions in this state about um, how best to improve the education system. And I know that our peers in the teachers unions, the faculty unions, and the employee um, uh, space are very supportive of this proposition. So um, I'm a yes for this. And, like, for our community, I think it's so important. Speaking as a drag queen, <laughs> I mean, it's just... Arts and, 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 and school fosters your imagination and it helps you, like you said, find out who you are. And um, it's the first thing that's been cut from every you know, school budget for the last you know, couple decades. It's the first thing that goes. So it's so important to like, and imagination and just everything. It's so important that we, we get that one passed. I think. Um, that leads me to the, um, the LGBTQIA Victory Fund. Uh, bringing representation to the East County. How has it been um, with the LGBT affected in your run? How have you been received in your district in regards to this? Well, you know, back to that previous point, I led with who I am and how hard and what that fight and struggle was like um, because I knew that I was running against bad actors who have a history of being homophobic and I was going to tell my story the way that I wanted to tell it, the way that it is true. Um, before they started manipulating it and, and saying otherwise. So, uh, so, you know, we've been, I've been very open about my, my history, my background, my sexuality, uh, my identity. Um, and then when it comes to the platform, it, you know, it's been, it's been more general about, you know, all veterans and all working class people and all people who are struggling and need access to good jobs and healthcare and, and a brighter future and climate action and all of that. So, um, you know, I, there was, when the maps were drawn, there was a decision made that, for example, my community, my district didn't have 
uh, a, a meaningful LGBTQ population. Um, I vehemently disagree with that. You can't count children. You can't count young adults. You can't count people who aren't out. All of those people need to know that they are seen, represented, safe, um, and their parents, right? Because I didn't have parents who were there for me, but I think more and more you see these, these families where parents are really there for their children and they need as much support as those kids do um, to, to look out for them. All right. Well, with that, we're going to do a little song break and we're going to be right back. <laughs> to sing and be free from LA to New York from New York to shining star <laughs> we are here in the live studio audience of the world famous urban most well look at that mariah carey just walked by hey ladies it must be the day after halloween it's coming it's coming she'll be performing for us later and sitting down for a chat shortly we're just finishing up a very special little segment here with Joseph Rocha in the house and Chad Michaels. Uh, thank you so much both for coming here today. Um, you know, this is a new podcast. We're still trying to find our footing and, and, and get into the groove. I think, I think we've got a really strong start, though, and I think having you both here really brings credibility to what I'm trying to accomplish here in, in Hillcrest. I want to create a forum, a space for people to come and have a voice um, where maybe they don't feel that they do. So uh, thank you to the people in the studio audience as well. Um, this is the most we've ever had, so thank you for that. Oh, you hear them, you hear them. Um, and of course, if you have any questions for Joseph or, or for Chad or for myself, you're more than welcome to let us know. You can also text in at 619-880-GLAM and ask questions if you'd like. Um, but wrapping it up, I just want to put out there, um, we were talking about arts and entertainment and children and families and, and how things are being, um, how receptive it is to you being an out gay man, you know, running for an office, which I, I have to commend you, is 
I can't imagine <laughs> the layers that come with that. So thank you so much for your strength and your determination and your passion. Um, and, and I know you're going to do well. I got, I got a good feeling in my tummy. <laughs> and uh, with that said also, recently, drag queens have been on the attack. Um, and it seems, it's so ridiculous. It, it, again, I feel like these, uh, these extremists don't have anything else in their purse to bring up. It's old playbook. It, They've it, been doing this for centuries, babe. Centuries. It, it's, it's insane how they can attach um, drag queens with pedophilia and, and uh, you know, deconstructing the values of family. Uh, we just had our boo bash up at uh, Normal Street, uh, uh, and they had a bunch of people picketing it. Um, and, and I just, I want to put a shout out there to the queens in my life, to Chad, to Miriam, to Kixie, who... who who put together to Strawberry, who put together these incredible events. And, and drag is about love. It's about expression. It's about art. And I feel like those are three really important values and messages that our children should have. You know, it, it, it's just something that's been grinding my gears and I had to get it out there. And I, I just appreciate you, Chad, for everything you've done um, for our community. Uh, Dream Girls is celebrating 17 years here at yeah. Urban Moe's next month. December, yes. I mean, we're, and I'm only 21. Can you believe <laughs> it? <laughs> uh, Chad, what is what is your take? What has your experience been so far uh, with this? I mean, have you had any uh, any altercations at any shows as of recent? No, I have not had any altercations with any anybody, but. What I will say, with like, first, the podcast is great, and I'm really so happy to be involved in it. And today, my hope is with Joseph being here. Uh, you know, a lot of people in San Diego know who Joseph is, what he stands for. My hope today is that with your following, because you know you are the mother of the children here in Hillcrest, that we're going to get maybe some uh, younger listeners to this, younger LGBTQIA plus individuals who maybe don't know who Joseph is. Now they're going to listen to us and get educated, and maybe you know get on board get us become fans because this is one person who is out there standing up for our community and without the help of the young people we're screwed we need them all to get on board we need them to engage and be educated and someone like joseph is like the pied piper for that in my opinion um if one word comes to mind when i think of joseph it's integrity and that is exactly what we need right now because there is so much bullshit flying around and there is no BS here. And so that's my hope for this podcast specifically today, that we're gonna get some younger people listening, get them engaged, get them involved, and get them interested. And, and what can they, what could a younger person do to get involved? Like, what would you suggest to, to a younger you? Um, where could they start? I mean, could this be uh, uh, encouraging someone to maybe go down the path of getting involved with their uh, with their state or the, within the Congress, within the Senate. You know, what would be the first steps like? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing I learned on the campaign is that everyone has a way to give, and everyone gives differently. Some people have a lot of cash, and so a big check for them is nothing. Whereas other people don't have cash, but they can give their time. Other people can give their advice. Um, they can connect you to friends that they have who are connected in some way. So everyone has a way to give. I think that's really important and empowering to know. Um, and then also, you know, I think likewise, how you make your impact, there's no set way to do that, right? 
I chose military service, then I chose advocacy, now I'm choosing lawmaking. Um, but that just as well, you know, Chad chose being a performer, a leader in our community. You've chosen this podcast who, that is informing and keeping people mindful to not take their eye off the ball or forget where we come from or the shoulders that we stand on. So I think all those things are important. My website is www.rochaforsenate.com um, where you can learn more about me, my story, my platform, why I'm in this. Um, if you've got $5, you can throw it to me too. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, but I, it's, we're in an unusual place where it's exciting to see how um, knowledgeable and um, how much young people are paying attention. The polls still show that they're not coming out in the numbers that we need them to come out to. And basically, I mean, you just have to decide, do you want people who are on their way out making the laws that will that will control what your life and the quality of your life are going to be or do you want to be the one making those decisions and so i definitely encourage people to if they want to to run for office um you know i really bucked the institution by running straight out of the service but that's because I knew my worth, right? I knew that 17 years, a military span of 17 years, three years of service abroad, being, you know, searching for bombs since I was 18 years old, um, that that was my way of service and that was equal to and no different from somebody who played shoots and ladders in local politics. So I, you know, if I was able to, you know, a lot of people, they get hung up on my age. Honey, I'm 36 years old with a Juris Doctorate and a veteran, right? Mm. So. Mm -hmm. But when I was 18 years old, no one thought twice to give me a rifle, a pistol, a dog, and send me to go find bombs in the Middle East. So let's be real. Yep. And you cannot complain if you're not involved. No. You know, I hear a, a lot of uh, the younger uh, generation just, I think maybe they're overwhelmed or maybe they're misinformed or not informed, ignorant, whatever you will. It doesn't bother me or I don't want to be part you have to speak up you have to be involved I don't know if we blame it on on generation Z or generation X I don't know if it's the way that that we that we <laughs> raised them up what does that mean I don't know if it's the way we raised them up but I just I, I I've been using this metaphor Joseph the last time I was here that if you love RuPaul's Drag Race if you love the drama if you love the reading if you love the villains and the heroes and the shade you'll love American democracy <laughs> Because we have got all of the same shit going on that they're doing on RuPaul's Drag Race. I, I, it, it, it's even more interesting because it actually affects your real life. Yeah, so, that's the oxymoron. Like, oh, I don't get in politics or I don't care about politics because it's all a mess. And it's like, so you're just going to let them drive the train right. off the cliff right. with us in it? Like, no. No, absolutely not. And so, I mean... We are going to have you in the state, in the Senate. I mean, Let's hope so. that's 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 the the direction. That's where we're heading for. Where do you see yourself next? Like, what? Where do you see yourself going? Look, I have just been chasing a, an opportunity and a way to make things a little bit better for other people since as early as I can remember. Right? I mean. I, my earliest memories are from going motel to motel with a mom struggling with addiction, manic at that, at that phase in her life, which was rather horrifying. Um, and I remember it wasn't, I didn't see a way out for myself. I immediately started asking the question, how can I help other kids not go through this, right? And that's just something that translated throughout my entire career. 
Um, so I just want to be of service. Um, you know, I'm running for two reasons. One is I want to make sure that stories like mine are still possible. So I'm first generation community college, college, law school, and officer in the Marine Corps. Um, and I'm running, uh, my second reason is to fight back against this idea that values like service and patriotism or something as hallowed as the American flag only belong to a few of us when in fact they belong to all of us. So with my background, um, you know, there's nothing that prepared me to think that these spaces were for me. And I think a lot of us as underrepresented, underprivileged backgrounds, um, you know, the, we don't think of these spaces as ours. We're, we're conditioned to think that they're not for us, not to run for office, much less do well in, in, a, in a race like I am doing or be elected to higher office. But I think it's incumbent on us to see that for ourselves, for our communities, um, but also to realize that it's all of that hardship, trauma, sacrifice, um, adversity that will make us so damn good at these jobs. Yeah. Amen. They've been training you your whole life to do a good job at this. Okay. <laughs> they've been they've been pushing adversity in your face and you're going to It's going to be amazing, Joseph. You're going to do great and we're so proud of you, you know. We need more like you out there because yeah. I mean the statement is MAGA the new Republican is 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 that the new thing? Is is that what we're fighting or is I mean there is a difference between MAGA and Republican. Um but how are we seeing that develop. Well, and that's why I've been so successful is because, you know, when I talk about veteran issues, if you're a traditional Republican, you still care about that. When I talk about lowering the cost of prescription drugs, taking care of our senior citizens, uh, increasing the quality of education, those are still things that Republicans should care about. So, you know, you don't, you don't, I just, that, that subset, that minority, is not going to be able to outnumber us. Um, and or sustain that should, ideology. Right. No. Um, and there's, there's all through history, there's this brilliant book, I think it's called, I don't know, something like uh, uh, The Better Angels of America or something like that. And it's just really encouraging to see that it's very easy for us to think that this is the worst of times. But our country has time and time again survived great challenges to its existence because there is something at the core of who we are as Americans where push come to shove, we stand up and we defend our country. And I, I think that, you know, that's, that's what encourages me. Um, and, you know, not because I'm running for state Senate, but I, I really want to emphasize how important this seat is, right? There are only 40 senators in the state of California. 39 million people in the state, the fourth largest economy in the world. Um, you, my constituency would be of a million people. There is so much good. That's what, that's what inspires me. There is so much good that we could do with this seat. Um, and that's all I care about. And, and what, what do you plan to do? Well, like I said, I want to take care of our veterans, uh, honor those promises. I want to make sure that opportunities still exist in this in this state, right? So lower the cost of things, uh, make sure that education, public school education in particular, which I'm a product of, uh, and a community college that I'm a product of, um, are still strong and, and funded, take care of our workers. Uh, you know, longer term, we have the intellectual capital and the financial capital to solve the biggest problems facing the world in this state, right? With, I like to say every, arguably the solutions to the biggest problems in the world are sitting in the labs of our UCs and our Cal States, right? I mean, the, 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 the potential and the possibility 
um, for what California can continue to do, which is lead the way, is just so awe-inspiring. Um, and um, yeah, I, I, I get really excited when I think about that. Oh, and then I just say, you know, every problem we're facing also has a solution that has good-paying jobs in it, right? So that's the thing. Like, my opponent is a climate change denier, and he can believe whatever he wants. But the reality is that um, is that it not only affects our futures, it also means that he's leaving money on the table and he's leaving good jobs on the table, right? Um, so it becomes an economic issue. It becomes a moral and an ethical issue. So when you talk about, you know, Trump Republicans or, or MAGA, uh, MAGA people, um, look, believe what you want, but when you start affecting the lives of everyone around you because you want us to conform to that idea, then that's where we put the stop, right? And that's, that's where elections come into play, is because they can think that all they want, um, but if we show up, we can ensure that they're not in positions of power to actually force that on us. Yeah, full stop. Full stop on Tuesday, y'all. Get out and vote. Well, there you have it. I thank you so much, Joseph, for joining us today. Do we have time uh, for a quick story? Oh, yes. So, our, so our, our story, our story, how our paths crossed in West Hollywood. So we used to do the show at Rage, Dream Girls at Rage during the OOs and the early 11s, whatever. Joseph would come while you were in the military, yeah, and you would watch us over the uh, out from outside and watch us do the show. And I think I met you the one time, and now. Um, full circle, we're sitting here today um, and I'm supporting you that is doing something so immensely important and I just think that fate is funny and I think that um, nothing does not happen for, it always happens for a reason and I'm just so proud of you. Two words that come to mind now, integrity and service when it comes to Joseph Rocha. Get out and vote everybody. Thank you, Chad. Yeah, so the website is www.rocha4senate.com, R-O-C-H-A. And the little part to that, Chad, that I'm not shy to share is that, you know, my father, who I'm on great terms now and I love to death, um, he was, he did not take well to me being gay. Um, I internalized a lot of internal homophobia from my father. And so, you know, uh, anything that was queer, flamboyant, colorful, uh, feminine, I felt like, I projected on them, right? Because it was like, you're the reason why my father doesn't love me. I'm not like that. Um, and it was, it's so funny that I saw, serving under Don't Ask, Don't Tell, where I had to be afraid of who I was, to, uh, that I could possibly be punished by the government, and seeing your performances, um, I was like, that's power, that's strength, that is, that is, it's heroic, right? It's like, because I could hide for the most part and I could get by, but you were putting yourself in danger to protest and to stand up for our community and to show little kids like us um, that there was, you know, it's just like, I saw you up there and I just saw confidence and strength and power and independence. And it just, it, it's so, I never thought that I would be so inspired by so, um, adoring of of a drag performer um and you know you really are in great part the reason why i'm here right i mean from when when i was 17 i couldn't see you because i uh, i was 17 but i'm pretty sure that the rage performances were still 21 and up so i watched you from the street because i i wasn't old enough to come in i remember talking to you over the over the fence one day the the patio railing and what you didn't know was i was going through you know well-documented horrific abuse 
from military leaders in uniform when I was 18, 19 years old serving in the Middle East because they were obsessed with whether or not I was gay. I was too proud to say no, and I couldn't say yes. And so coming home, I mean, you were the hallmark of what I was going to do with those two weeks was see as much of you so I could take that power and strength and take it back to that situation I was living through in the Middle East. For once in my life, I'm, I'm pretty much speechless, but so honored um, to, be a part, to, to be a part of your journey. Thank you. Chad, you make a difference in so many people's lives, you know, and you, you deserve a moment for someone to tell you that once in a while. <laughs> the power of drag. Can we all get a gay men for that? <laughs> all right, well, that wraps up our um, mid part section of our special GGTV um, to our exclusive and thank you again Joseph you are you are such a ray of light this is my first time really sitting down with you and chatting with you and I am so grateful that you took time out to come talk to us today and I truly hope those that are listening pick up on something here today that motivates them to get involved and to be a part of the process because it is so important for our community so Thank you once again, Thank Joseph, and, and good luck to you. You, I got a feeling. Not got this. Let's return those ballots, y'all. <laughs> Get those ballots in, honey. <laughs> and thank you, Chad, for stopping by today. We're so happy that you are here as well. We're going to take a little quick break, and in just a moment, we have Jazzy Glam and Mariah Carey Carey. What's the tea in D.C.? With international superstar, RuPaul's Drag Race All-Star, and Dream Girls legend, Chad Michaels. Chad has found his way through the ancient underground tunnels of San Diego to the world-famous Urban Moe's Bar and Grill. In the daytime, what's the tea in DC? Want to meet our cast and special guests? Have your say on this very podcast. Then come join our live studio audience. Sundays from 12 noon, live from the world-famous Urban Moe's Bar and Grill. We can't wait to meet ya. Uh, hello, are we on the yet? So, you wanna chat all things Hillcrest? Find out what's the tea in DC, or who's up and coming in town, and what shows are hot and where? Entertainment, pop culture, and all things drag? Well, you've come to the right place. From the Church of Glam Studios, live from the world-famous Urban Moe's Bar and Grill. This is GGTV. Are you up and coming in Hillcrest? A brand new queen or performer in town? Or social media sensation? Well, Jazzy's gonna wet your tea bags. Announcing the baby queen of the month, the hottest shows in town, and the queens to watch out for. Join the ultimate queen herself, queen of the doors, the leading G-star herself, Jasmine Glam. Are we back? Ooh, is this mic hot? We got it warmed up. We had the amazing Joseph Rocha and we had Chad Michaels up in here. We've been talking a little bit of palal politics. I was thinking Pilates and politics at the same time. Um, and now for the last segment, you're gonna have to scooch over there, darling. 
we're just getting situated here. We want to make sure Jazzy's up in that microphone. Do hello, hello, podcast line. There she is. I'm here with my daughter, one of my sweet children of the house of Favorite Lamb. daughter. You forgot oh, that part. Sure, you're my favorite today because you're here. <laughs> I think she's the only one here, so I can say that. No, I do love you, girl. You are a force on this scene, and you are in control of the doors yeah. of Hillcrest. You are the official door whore. I am. Thank you. Thanks to you. You did this. in control of everything around <laughs> And on my other side here, we have the incomparable Miss Carrie in the house. Hello. Thank you for having me, darling. Oh, God. You look amazing right now. (laughs) Thank you. You look amazing. Mariah Carey Carey. Yes. You, if, if I didn't know better, Mariah Carey is sitting right next to me. Oh, you are very kind. Very kind. And What kind of, I mean, that's. She's got some big sh- uh, uh, Louis Vuittons to fill, doesn't she? Oh, I wish I could fill those too. Oh. <laughs> and and I, I understand that um, her people follow you. Do they do they see what's going on in your life? Oh yeah, she doesn't miss a beat. I'm sure. Um, we've got her makeup artist Christopher Buckle, who is an amazing down to earth. I mean, he's very engaging with so many of of the fans and the Lamely, and I am one of those people. And. Uh, He's, he really is wonderful. Not afraid to give advice, um, whether to do or to don't. Has he helped you um, in, in perfecting your craft? Somewhat, somewhat. Um, I have a little joke with him, like, are my eyebrows on point yet? And he goes, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> does he do her eyebrows? Oh, he does all of he her He does makeup. everything. Everything, yes. Because I know, like... Other, other artists have like one person does their eyebrows, one person does their makeup, one person does their hair. So he is the whole kit and caboodle. Oh, he's that the makeup is. man. Yeah, he's, he's the elite. He does it all. And how long have you, and what brought you to, I mean, clearly someone told you that you were look like Mariah Carey. And you were just like, okay, I'm going to run with this because I love her. Who doesn't love Mariah Carey? Exactly, exactly. (laughs) So uh, when I was younger, 13 years old, um, I hadn't, I don't know how much of the story you want. You want the long story? Tell me the story. This is is the segment for entertainment and you right now. Let's talk about you. Okay, so 13-year-old Carrie is spending the night at her friend's house. And at that time, I have very, very straight hair, and another girlfriend is staying with us, a little mini slumber party. And so she says, Carrie, let me do your hair. Let me curl your hair, because I was not the glamour. (laughs) Not the glamour then. I can't imagine you not glamour. She wanted to glamour me. I can't imagine it now either. (laughs) (laughs) But um, so my other friend comes in when this is finished, and she says, oh, you know who you look like? You look like that girl Mariah Carey. And I said, well, who's... Who's Mariah Carey? Well, blasphemy. It, it was, but I had no idea. I had no idea. I didn't have MTV. I we had, you know. Although I also am eternally twelve, I didn't have all the channels, so I didn't have MTV. And later on that night, the, her song came on, and I was like, I now I have to see who is she. Finally, when I saw her. I couldn't see it. I didn't see how they thought I resembled her at all. She is. From, from day one, statuesque. Mm. She is just awe-inspired. She's a goddess. Yes, indeed. And um, so it wasn't actually, and, and all throughout my life, on and off, oh, you resemble her. You know who you look like? You resemble Mariah Carey. And I always took it as a compliment, but never knew how to receive it, mm. uh, to really do anything about it. I, 
you know, and I'm like, now what? <laughs> um, so then uh, one day I did post a photo of myself with curly hair, not trying to do anything, Mariah, last thing on my mind. And somebody saw the photo um, and they hashtagged, when hashtags worked, <laughs> they hashtagged Mariah Carey. And I got this influx, like, uh, you know, you're going viral at the moment. And I said, oh, you know, this is fun. Let me, let me do a, a look-alike. Mm. So I did a look-alike. And then we got video. So social media has really been a branch for me. Uh, uh, absolutely. So but then we got video, and I was told that I sound similar to her. Yes. And then an agent reached out, and there we are. And then I got to meet all the other lambs. Oh, yes. You've been in the news lately. I, well, I across the international pond, oh. you know, they will... Uh, they love a good look-alike or impersonator. Impersonator, not to be confused with imposter. I never, Correct. never try to trick anybody. I would never do that. Um, that that's But I would imagine shameful. that there have been many times where people just thought you were her. Yes, yes. yes. I've, I've gotten, oh, is that you, Mariah Carey? I'll say close, darling, but no. <laughs> <laughs> has, has there been any... Um, what what is is there any memorable incidences where you were somewhere memorable? memorable. I can't even say it. Memorable, yeah, that word. <laughs> <laughs> In which it was um, rather a, a good experience or a, a, a weird experience. Um, I was with my son at Torger, if you can imagine, <laughs> uh, not trying, and um, that's when it always baffles me when I'm in a ponytail and my mom attire and a, a gentleman comes around the corner and he goes oh my god I thought you were Mariah Carey well by that time I, I've had people where they they think real quick they're seeing this person and their adrenaline is already pushing through so they don't know how to slow that down so he got emotional and I did tell him well I do impersonate so and my son was he kind of was like mom and I said, it's okay, honey, because he didn't know what to do because the man was crying. Oh, wow. And, and I said, he's just excited. You know, sometimes this is the closest they might ever have a chance to meet Her Majesty. So was this a gay man? Uh, it, it was, actually. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. I'm picturing the straight man who's breaking down crying at yes, Target. It was, thinking. His <laughs> yes, it was. His, no, his partner was, was very um, speaking for him. Aww. He's a, such a fan. He goes, yes, I'm sorry, I'm just really emotional like you look so much like her and I still to this day can't believe that I get those reactions um, and especially at you know when I'm like working not trying place it. yeah oh yeah when I'm not <laughs> trying you know but if I'm dressed up and I have friends walking around with me and people assume it's some kind of entourage that really plays into the emotions uh -huh. for everybody that's why I'm so careful not to step over that line um, I respect her fully. If she were ever to tell me to cease and desist, I would. Well, I, I couldn't imagine her doing that. Because I think I she's going her. to need to um, to hire you <laughs> to divert attention for when she leaves the Coliseum or wherever she's performing. Do you know, I emailed her PR once and I said, hey, if you guys ever need a decoy, here I am. This is who I am. And it was at a time where she had a manager who was not savory. Uh. She's no longer... We don't, she's the Voldemort of magic. We don't Managers, speak we don't thy name. Her. Yes. So <laughs> we don't speak thy name. <laughs> and um, so uh, I do know she knows about me. And if anything ever comes up, which some things are possibly coming up that Ooh. pertain to her, 
which I cannot disclose. Of course, we don't want to jinx it. Yeah, yeah. We don't want to jinx it. So when was, uh, when did you first perform or when were you first paid to actually go out oh, first to emulate? Like when was... Hey, okay, so per- first performance was 2018 at uh, in WeHo. Okay. And I, uh, it was a bunch of lambs. They called it the lamb over. And it was like a sleepover with lambs, lamb over. That was my first time I was invited. And to me, that was a big deal because not only am I a lamb, but other lambs were accepting, inviting me in, welcoming me. And, you know, that's an emotional thing for me. Uh, but the first time I was paid was by an agent, um, Tribute Production. She took a chance on me just by seeing me on video and speaking. Mm. And somebody had called in and she said, can you cover this? I said, sure. And there it goes. I never, ever expected it to be something that, I mean, sometimes I go, I don't, I don't need to be paid all the time. <laughs> you know, I just love doing it. You just love doing it for the love, the passion. Um, talking about performing, um, Jazzy, of course, is also a local performer. Yes, I, I am. I so thought much. it was a, an interesting um, conversation being you are a, a, a female um, impersonator and she is a more of a drag queen. Um, have, have you ever gotten any negativity from it? I know Jazzy sometimes is the brunt yeah. um, of negativity because within our community, not everyone is supportive of a female being a drag queen. Um, and I would think with you as well though, like. Do you have people think you're a drag queen when you perform at a gay bar? Have you ever been accused of that? Uh, accused? <laughs> accu- are you a man, Mariah? Um, I'm constantly <laughs> asked what resides between my legs. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, uh, yes, they ask, so are you a, a boy or a girl? And I say, did you enjoy the show? Mm-hmm. And they said, yes. And they said, good, I hope you come back. And I, I still get, what do you identify as? And my name is Carrie, and that's how you identify me. Absolutely. And, and Jazzy, like, your experience. Well, I just ask for $50, and I'll say whatever they want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to do that. <laughs> yeah, just tell them. I had somebody, um, when I did the show in Alpine with Quinn, I know it's a little more conservative there, so... There was, I guess they were making, they were taking bets, and someone was like, that's the most beautiful drag queen I've ever seen, and then someone was like, well, that's a woman, and then the other guy was like, no, that's not a, that, that, that's a drag queen. I mean, I am a drag queen either way, but they came up to me, and they were like, oh, my friend, like, we made a bet they wanted, and I was like, how much is your bet? He's like, it's 100 bucks. I said, well, give me 50, and I'll say whatever you want. <laughs> I love it. Like I'll just, I'll, I'll be whatever you want me to be. Just give me some money. Oh, I've had, yeah, I've had people reach out for my breastplate. And uh, contact. Oh. Okay, honestly, oh. I thought that you had a breastplate on. <laughs> oh, no, I wish I could take them off when I get home. Well, I don't know what real titties look like because I don't really have any. <laughs> I'm a gay man, and I really want to just dive in right now. They look <laughs> scrumptious. I, I don't know that I could ever um, handle the power of breasts, but I feel like I would love to try. Um, but I'm far too hairy. <laughs> well, yeah, I get a little bit of hair around the corners. A, a no, little bit no, of hair. Just, They're yeah. beautiful. <laughs> Nothing They're beautiful. a little Sally Hansen can't fix <laughs> wax strips uh, are they real yeah they're really mine mmm <laughs> they're gorgeous did you enjoy the show I, did you I'm enjoy enjoying the show? it the show is do you still have $50 going. I want Practice. $50 there you go you'll say whatever you want see Jazzy this is what I want you to do with your breasts what breasts Gigi I told you this I barely got anything there but you know um, Jazzy you have 
signed back on with us um, for our new renewal. The church is back. And I really feel that you have the pulse on the scene here. You are the scene queen here in Hillcrest. Um, where do you work? Where can people find you? So I work everywhere. So I, I kind of have my, my fingers in the pot everywhere here in Hillcrest, and I like it that way. So, um, yeah, so I started off uh, actually with you um, just working, doing the lights for some, you know, two mules and some chicken strips at Marion T's show. Um, and from there, you showed me how to do the door, how to do the seating, how to kind of just, like, roll with the punches. And from there, the other clubs started seeking me out. Um, Ryan, Leonella over at Rich's uh, had me during Pride. I do Ultimate Drag Brunch over at the rail. I do the lights for a Quinn Show demo over at uh, Number One. And then I also help Marion with Fishbowl over at Gossip Girl. So I'm everywhere all the time. You can see me on my little scooter just going up and down <laughs> University Avenue. <laughs> and, and you've really come onto the scene with such force and such passion. I mean, that's something that I saw in you from the get-go. Uh, few people know that uh, I did not choose Jazzy as a child. Let's just put <laughs> that out there. Jazzy literally came up to me on, I think it was Valentine's Day. It was Day. Valentine's Day, yeah. Valentine's Day, and she said, you're going to be my mother. <laughs> um, I'm a, I, I love glam, and you're everything. You represent it all, and I love you. And you're gonna be my, you're gonna be my drag mother. And I'm like, uh, I think she, I think she, uh, she overexaggerated on some of that stuff. I did not <laughs> overexaggerate. No, no, she did not. Gigi was actually, also I, and I, you know this. So I was actually a big fan of uh, Gigi's back in the MySpace days. And I know I just aged myself. I just look this young, but I was a big fan of Gigi's <laughs> over on the MySpace days. And I really like that like androgynous dra drag. So it was Gigi and Nina Flowers. And I remember when I moved here, Jax told me that you worked at Moe's, and I was like, really? And so I was like super starstruck. So it took me like two years to build up the courage to talk to Gigi, and then, yeah, and then I was like, you're gonna be my mother. I don't care what she said, she was gonna be my mother. It was that or death. I wouldn't say no to you either. <laughs> you're my most fabulous stalker. <laughs> I, I know, I know. And the first one to get my name. Yeah, I told, I told, I told uh, Chad Michaels, I was like, yeah, I was like, because um, I remember like moving here and living in Hillcrest and I remember seeing Chad Michaels across the street and just like I cannot believe I live in like an area where I just like walk across the street and Chad Michaels is there oh and I was like you know Chad and I was telling Chad this one time he's like so you were stalking me from across the street I was like well you know Chad I only became Gigi's daughter to get to you <laughs> it's probably more truthful than you thought <laughs> and um, so when you do the doors uh, I mean it's it's a it's a balancing act mm -hmm. because you like depending on where you're at. At Rich's, you're kind of like, it's kind of like a Studio 54 kind of thing. Like, yeah. Do you pull people out of the line? Do you want a certain vibe coming in? Is there someone that you stay away from? You know, um, you control it, girl. Yeah, I, I definitely do pull people out, and it's mostly people who I see are always out supporting the community. So if I see, like, um, you know, like we have in the audience today, Major and Bobby Hogan. Major. I, every time, I, uh, Bobby and Major don't ever stand in my lines. I always pull them out because they're always out here supporting the community, you know, handing the girls dollars. And I, I take, you know, and there's girls who are showing up in looks and, you know, putting that effort in. And, you know, they're not being paid. They're just, you know, you know, contributing to, like, the vibe of the club and everything. So, yeah, I'll pull them out. Um, I use my powers for good. <laughs> We, you don't want her on your bad side. Oh, no. I'll, I'll, I'll deny you entrance to the club and then send you to the back of the line just to deny you entrance again. <laughs> <laughs> she will. She's not joking. <laughs> I know. I'm, all, I'm, I'm only nice until I'm not. <laughs> and uh, for GGTV specifically, what we feel you bring to the plate is just telling us what's going on. Like, I mean, you know what 
every show. You know all of the upcoming queens. We yeah. have decided to add this new segment called New Baby Queen on the Scene here in Hillcrest because the queen of the month, we will have a little award from um, Chiki Vinto is going to be uh, putting something together for us. And next month, we will have the official yeah. award given out. Um, but I just... I think that you are the perfect voice to give a platform for these new girls coming out. So thank you so much for, for joining, joining us. We have a little promo for you. We'll get into it. Are you up and coming in Hillcrest? A brand new queen or performer in town? Or social media sensation? Well, Jazzy's going to wet your tea bags. Announcing the baby queen of the month. The hottest shows in town and the queens to watch out for. Join the ultimate queen herself, queen of the doors, the leading G-star herself, Jasmine Glam. There you have it. Oh, oh, Jello Shot Mafia is in the house with the sexy fill-up. I can't possibly do tequila this early in the morning. Um, I still have an event to put on after this, but thank you, Philip. No, Would you Ronnie, like Mariah? It's, it's beautiful. Look at I, the colors. I, I'm not looking at the shots. I wasn't either. <laughs> they are a pretty pair of red undies. <laughs> Thank you, Philip. Philip is here every weekend. You can catch him slinging Jello shots with the Jello Shot Mafia. Uh, it's always a good time. It's always a good time. So, Jazzy, who who can we talk about today? Who, I have who a do lot we have? I mean, we don't have our official award yet. We're, we're still building it. But I thought maybe you could give us a little rundown of what happened in Hillcrest over the Halloween weekend in October. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Um, so we started off this month with one of the biggest events in San Diego, Red Dress Event. Yes. And I love Red Dress Event. It's one of my favorite. I, I call it the Gay Met Gala. It's like a time yeah. for everybody, whether you're a drag queen or you're just coming out to support the cause, which is uh, all goes towards HIV research. Um, it is such a fun event to just watch everybody dress up. I was a lobster this year. She was. A very glamorous lobster. She had um, a lemon purse. I had a, a no, I had a, a lemon hair piece. Lemon hair piece. And a, and a butter purse. <laughs> and my glamorous lobster claws. I haven't yeah. had a chance yet to attend and I always try to come. You have to it's go. You should perform, Mariah. I have plenty of red dresses. I'm well, I'd love to be invited. I just, I see it all the time and I, it looks... It's so fun. It was it's spectacular. Moment, I know. I want to recreate the beginning of the year. I want to bring the blue ball in. Oh, the blue, blue ball. Because you have like the red dress ball yeah. and you want to have the blue ball. That's fun. And you have to wear all blue and it will go towards, um, I don't know, testicular cancer. That could be a good um, cause. Yeah, that sounds like a lot Absolutely. of fun. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, Halloween, why? I sorry, I digress there. I just go That's off on okay. a tangent from time <laughs> to time. Um, Halloween... You got to see a lot, girl. I did. Everybody turned out the looks this year for Halloween. Um, uh, back to red dress, though, for such a second. There was like, a couple like standouts that I want to okay. talk about. Uh, Paris Sakomi, Max, like came as like a she was a hibiscus, hibiscus flower. flower. Like, like it was ridiculous. It was insane. Like that hibiscus flower. Like I don't even know how she. I mean. I wish I would have gotten a photo with her, but she just like literally just like knocking everybody over as she like passed through she, everyone. She was she had her six foot girl um, costume on, so nobody would get close to her. You know, well, yeah, where can COVID. you go see? Where can you go see all the shots and media from the event? If you go to Red Dress, uh, it's RedDressEventSD.com. They have all of the photos from the event. Yeah, everyone should go look there. There's a, the looks are just so amazing. Um, another one that I wanted to shout out, and this is my partner, but I'm just saying it because she's super creative. But Quinn actually constructed this whole castle 
on her head out of Amazon boxes and toilet paper rolls. Oh my god! And it and she then it like installed like LED lights to like light up in the castle. She her like her whole look was like a Dante Inferno thing. Like and like I said, I'm not just saying this because she's my partner, but it like it's mind blowing the things that she can think of and create out of nothing. Let's see. Quinn is so creative and um, quirky, I yeah. think is a good <laughs> word to describe them. But, and I also want to just give a shout out that, you know, I find it so refreshing and beautiful, the relationship that you two have mm-hmm. developed. Um, Quinn is one of my other children. And so technically my daughter is dating one of my other daughters. So it's a little incestual in the House of Glam. It's we want kind a pure of a glam bloodline. <laughs> no babies. Oh, well, we can't promise. Oh. So, but I think it's also really beautiful and it shows, you know, Quinn, um, I, I think up until now is pretty much identified as a gay man. Yeah, and he still does. I say she because uh, I, you know, I met her as my drag sister. Right. You know, we, like, when we met, like, we didn't expect to have, like, these feelings for each other, like, romantic feelings and stuff, and then it just kind of happened and so that's why I say she but he does identify as a gay man and even now like you know dating me doesn't change Quinn's sexuality or what Quinn identifies that we just love each other as people and that's you know really all it came down to yeah well it's important to note that Jazzy is a gay man stuck in a women's body I am like oh my god if God had given me a penis oh he'll be over for all of you all you boys in Hillcrest over I would be so nasty would you just walk around the streets with a heart on I I, I would I would just walk into the bathhouse like I would own the bathhouse like you guys just don't even like you and then you know what the Lord did this for a reason made me a woman for a reason because I would just be the nastiest gay boy you've ever seen (laughs) oh but I just promote the fact that you're not necessarily love is love right and exactly. I think we need to to stop to strip away the labels you know Thank you know you. just open yourself up open your heart up to the possibility of relationships and uh, I just think it's a beautiful story Indeed. yeah so enough enough about Quinn we get enough it we love Quinn. her I love her <laughs> okay so yeah so Quinn did a great amazing thing for a red dress um, there was also a few other events that happened around the neighborhood we had um, Riches had their Halloween massive which we had their after hours and we had like the the club kids dance with I also dance with the San Diego club kids I love doing that event because it's just like there's no rules so you know drag sometimes there's rules you know certain shows you got to do certain things but when it comes to like club kids there's no rules anything goes so we had the um, Halloween Massive over at Rich's that was fun Um, I believe Casanova won the The Rich's no not Casanova UFO UFO. won the thousand dollar prize and she came out with this like amazing like pyramid head look Uh it was so cool that yeah. was amazing. And then we had on uh, my show, the Dia de los Muertos show, just recently. It was on the last day of October, uh, which was a fundraiser for the Vida organization. We, I, I did a little, a little. I won't say Selena impersonation. I did a little Selena nod because <laughs> definitely not Selena. Um, so we did that show. We actually just found out today that we raised thirteen thousand yes, dollars for uh, feeding the homeless project and uh, HIV take home kits for the community. If you want to get involved on Christmas Day, we're actually going to be meeting here at Urban Mo's um, mm-hmm. on the dance floor in the morning, and we are going to be packing up three hundred bags for uh, the homeless with yeah. socks Incredible. and, and yeah. um, food cards, mm-hmm. hygiene products. Yeah, we also had this uh, this past October. We had uh, the haunted house of Glam, mm-hmm. which is me and G. Gigi's house and fortunately Gigi wasn't feeling well at the time so she our matriarch wasn't there but that was a very fun show too uh 
sold out, really fun. Um, I did JonBenet Ramsey. I just performed a bunch of dead people this month. Just Selena, oh JonBenet Ramsey. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's the month you're supposed to do it in on. It did. We do have a um, another glam takeover on Christmas Eve. We are doing the glitz that stole Christmas here at Urban Moe's for brunch. If you um, are interested, yeah, in that. and I'm, I'm probably I'll, I'll perform somebody who's living this time. <laughs> I don't care what you call it. If it's brunch, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> and, and I feel like uh, with both of you here, I think we should officially announce that soon, one day soon. This was Jazzy's idea because of all of these fucked up crazy conservative mm. people who have been picketing the art of drag. Uh-huh. Jazzy wants to have a total AFAB drag show. So I yeah. feel like Mariah Carey could be there. Yeah, and if I would love to have Mariah. If it's women in drag performing for children, what the fuck can they say? Right, exactly. And this past, you know, and, and in October, Miriam was hosting her, uh, it was just a, a Disney bingo, and there was so much backlash. There's so much well, it's, there And right it's now. so crazy, just all the hate. And the one thing that you always hear them saying is, oh, these are these, it's men dressed up in dresses, sexualizing this. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> so what do you call me? If exactly. I'm dressed up too, I, if you can take your kids to Disneyland to look at a Disney princess dressed mm-hmm. up, then what's the difference between us? So I, I wanted to do a show with yes. all a you know AFAB assigned female dude. We have drag kings, but all assigned female birth girls. And when they, they get wind of, and I want it to be all ages. I want all the children there. The I want I want infants. I want newborns. I want all of them here. And I want them to say something to us because what are you going to say? And then at the, in the end, I just want them to let to let them know that was just another drag show. My nephew is three years old. He's going to be four this month. Every day, he wears a cloak and gown, dressed like Elsa. In fact, Jimmy Sherpy brought his Elsa over, Aww. and um, he loves gowns. I wish somebody would say something to me about it. Ooh. Because he goes to Disneyland with me, and he goes like that. And I wish somebody would say something to me. I, I, I'm so honestly over it. Yeah. It's done. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. We talked about this a little bit earlier with uh, Chad and Joseph, and it, it's just they have nothing else to grab on to, so they're just going to pick those things. Yeah. And I think the funniest thing is uh, taking a picture of uh, Miriam T and, and saying it's provocative. Um, <laughs> I think it's the right, funniest. She's like the most unsexy person ever. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself. I think she's pretty. Oh, it's like, Miriam T's a lot of things, and I can make, I can give you a list of things. I love a But she's not a pedophile. (laughs) She's definitely not that. She hates children. (laughs) True. True. She's not going to do anything to children. Yeah. And still on the topic of that, though, and the the topic of being a female and performing, um, you know, recently you kind of had it out with, Carrie Prejean over there. Yeah, that. I did. I, I, so she's, a, you mean the disgraced beauty queen? Disgraced That's how, that was the headline queen. that was on TMZ. Yes, <laughs> yes. She, I went in on her, like me and my little sister, like we were up to like three o'clock in the morning, like digging in on that dirt because she wants to talk about my family. So I was like, all right, let's go, girl. And she started tagging me and stuff. And I, I, one thing that, I mean, I guess, it, you know, in, in this way, I do get my I don't get my feelings hurt a lot with the, what a lot of things people say about me, but there is one thing that kind of irks me a little. It's, with the straight community, I always get, and I took screenshots, people always think that I'm transgender, which is fine. I have all the transgender women I know are beautiful, so thank you. Mm-hmm. And so the straight community is always like, oh, you'll never be, a, and this is what Carrie, you know, whatever her name, preteen said. She said, you know, uh, you'll never be a, a real woman. You'll never bleed like me. So they, like, in their mind think that I'm trans. And so I get that backlash from the straight community where they think I'm transgender because, you know, the the company that I keep and, you know, the community that I'm in. Yeah. But then also from the same time with the gay community, you know, on, on that same day, somebody had wrote, um, 
on my Instagram, oh, I, 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 I go to drag shows to see real drag queens. I never give you my dollars. Oh, I've gotten things like that. Yeah. So, have you? Know. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Nobody knows what to think. And the, the truth is, it's, it, it's exactly, it does not matter. The, the deal is, you're coming to see a show. You're coming to see a show. It's a production. It's entertainment. And it's for your joy and pleasure. Then don't come, darling. Do you have any um, upcoming uh, gigs that we can find you at, uh, Mariah? Oh my gosh, you're going to have to follow me, darling. Uh. It, is, it is crazy. It I'm, is your time of year. It is. So November 1st, oh, yeah. I, I started All I Want for Christmas is You, and I know some are opposed to that, but that's your own problem. Well, fuck Thanksgiving. <laughs> I mean, it's just a holiday that celebrates the You saw the Martha and- Stewart uh, thing, didn't you? With? Martha Stewart came out um, on social media and tried to scold Mariah. Uh-huh. About How dare she? Oh yeah. Oh, don't think that we're gonna skip Thanksgiving and <laughs> and you know I'm a traditionalist. Well not everybody's a traditionalist. That's right. And Mariah never said it's time for you to skip Thanksgiving. She says, It's time. It's time. <laughs> it's time to be festive. It's time to celebrate. It's the holidays. Yeah, so she's I, I don't know what's going on with that lady, but um, Oh, she, I, she and, was kind of—I I was on her well, side when she was with Snoop, yeah. but <laughs> oh, she, she she's gone crazy ever since she got that street cred. You know, she she, she got locked up. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> but you know what? You got to respect her because she's done more time than half these rappers. So, <laughs> whatever, Martha Stewart, you do your thing, girl, home girl. <laughs> yeah, have your turkey. It's fine. And November Jazz, what do we have coming up um, in Hillcrest? What's what? What should we hit? Yeah, so we have a few things coming up in Hillcrest. I personally am not performing. I wanted to take this month off. I'm exhausted after the Vita show. After everything, I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this month to go visit some family and go um, take take a little break. But we do have a lot of shows coming up. So every Sunday we have a stunt. And I know we have a couple of special guests. I don't think we are announcing them yet, but we have a couple special Shh, guests. Secret. At Riches. Uh, yeah, yes. over at Riches. And then we have uh, the Ultimate Drag Brunch that is every other Sunday. And I've actually, Ultimate, Dra- Ultimate Drag Brunch at the Rail has been so great recently because uh, Courtney's bringing in a lot of out-of-town girls. So we've been able to meet new girls and mingle. And I think that's so great with making connections. I mean, meeting girls out of town, you know, gives the other girls opportunities to go up in, you know, Palm Springs, L.A. Um, we also have, uh, I believe, uh, Disco Dolly's new show over oh, yes, at number, number one. one. Yeah, yes. it's like a, an 80s theme show. And I know her special guest is Lauren Banal from L.A. And I love Lauren. I love Lauren Banal. Oh, God, I have, I have such a crush on her. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I, I want her, Quinn and Penny Dreadful to all do a show together because I'll be in like gay, white boy, faggot heaven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I love. <laughs> um and then we have, uh, let's see what else. We have Mary. Oh, we actually have, um, no, that's not that's not November. That's our show in December. That's December. That's December. Well, Mary T has her first ever one-woman show yes. here at Urban Moe's coming up. Yeah, she she hasn't started writing it yet, but <laughs> she's got like a week. She'll she'll bang she'll, it out. She'll, yeah, she'll we, work it out. We... Uh, we really wanted to push uh, Miriam to kind of step out of her comfort zone and, and really uh, highlight herself and, and her comedic abilities. So we're excited for that. Yeah, um, yeah. I know you're taking a break, but you're going to be at our door for Dream I'm Girls. Gonna our, I'm going to be at the door for Dream Girls every Wednesday. Uh, Miriam, she's also doing the fishbowl competition over at yes, Gossip Brooks. which Bro- is I think heating this up. This is like the fifth edition of it. I believe it's the fifth seat. And it's, it's so fun. And I know, I think we have a couple of girls who are not San Diego girls who are coming down to compete with the San Diego girls. So it's a lot of 
of fun. People get crazy. People come and cheer for their person. They get wild. So we have that. We have show tunes coming up this Tuesday as well. Yes, Paris Sukuni Max will be there. Naomi, Naomi Daniels, Daniels, Keeks Rose. Keeks Rose. Yeah. That lineup girl. Oh, and you know what else we have that's super special coming up? What? Uh, Shania Satisfaction has a show over at Martini's. Martini's. Special edition. So November 26th, it's the reunion of the Sinful Dames. Oh, my goodness. So, uh... Uh, Kixie, Kixie Shana, Diamese is coming Diamese out of retirement. Is Diamese out. is coming. Is Ruby D coming down? Um, Ruby D is coming down. Shut yeah, the I front door. So. Yeah. Wow, that's going to be exciting. So you're going to be going around and you're going to give us all the tea on these shows, yes. right, girl? Yes, yeah, so I'm going to. I'll be back next month. To let you guys know how all this went. I I'm not going to be in town for Simple Dames, but oh. I know I, I I've actually never seen a Simple Dames. Uh, oh live. God, they used that to do that time. at um at Brass at the Rail. Used, yeah, they did it at Riches as well. Um, it was amazing. So our our baby queen of the month this month, it's not it yes. hasn't been quite official. But basically, what the baby queen of the month is is an up and coming queen here in Hillcrest that we just want to give a little shout out to, so that they can feel like they have a little bit of visibility. And um, the individual that we chose for today, do you want to? Yeah, I'll say. So this person I love is very dear to my heart. So the re- the way that we met, and I'll I'll say the name first. So the person that we've chosen is it is Marty, Marty Mars. Mars. Oh. We was, love Marty Mars. I was going to stand up. I thought you were going to. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Marty can't carry. <laughs> yeah, Marty um, has just. Come on. And Marty's just I met okay so I met Marty originally it was two years ago it was during Halloween time and we had a fr- we had a friend a mutual friend and he invited us to a party and we're uh, on Halloween and we're like oh yeah you know let's go and he's like oh my friend um, Marty my friend Marty's coming and I was like oh okay and that was the first time I met him and so I was like it's like a, a gay like party or where is it and he's like it's in downtown in like a high rise so we went and we were the gay people there. <laughs> like there was like there was it was just like all straight girls. They were grabbing on my ponytails and um. I love and, it. And uh and so I was like I'm gonna go home. Like I'm gonna Uber home. And I said bye to Marty. And he's like, Where do you live? And I was like, I live like five minutes away. So he's like, uh, I was like, Do you want to come with me? Like you know, let's get out of here. You know. So he came with me and and his friend didn't want to leave. So. We um, love so, Marty. Yeah, so he, he slept over my house that night, and I took care of him, and then we became friends since then, and he asked Quinn and me about doing drag. He started doing drag, and he's been a force since then. He's amazing. Congratulations, Marty. We love you. She'll be here today, actually. She's okay. going to do a little go-go. Um, yes. She's going to do a little go-go report, and um, Jazzy's going to report about all of the shows um, next month. I want to thank uh, Mariah Carey Carey oh, for joining pleasure, us today and I look forward to your performance a little later. Oh, I hope everyone's coming down. Oh, yes, honey. Well, those that are not in Palm Springs for Pride, <laughs> come on down to Urban Moe's here in San Diego. It's always Pride here at Urban Moe's. Absolutely. We like to fly our Pride flag high. Mm-hmm. And thank you, Jasmine. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, we look for forward me. to hearing the dish and seeing what's up in Hillcrest. I appreciate everybody in the studio audience for coming out. We hope that you come back next week. We'll be next month, the very first Sunday of each month. We will be here in live studio audience. And until then, um, you can check out thechurchofglam.com and you can also hear this on Spotify, GGTV. Follow us on Instagram, uh, the Church of Glam, as well as Jesse underscore Glam. Mariah Carey, what's your IG? Mariah Carey Carey. 
Easy peasy. <laughs> Spell that though. It's right. Carrie in- as in the artist and then C-A-R-R-I-E. And Jazzy, where can people follow you? You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at jasmine.glam. Fabulous. All right. Until next time. GGTV. 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 Damn, girl. Was that an hour already? Sheesh. Time flies when you're having fun. Want to join us live? Meet our cast and special guests. Have your say on this very podcast? Well, join our live studio audience. Sundays, 12 noon, live from the world-famous Urban Moe's Bar and Grill. Be part of the community like never before. Hillcrest, see you next week.